Hello and welcome to the next edition of MDD's Claims Interviews. Today, I have with me literally Hugh Sparks from Charles Taylor. Good morning, Hugh. Morning, Bo. How are you? Well, not too bad. It's great to be in London, of course, and it's great to see you. So thank you for volunteering to be our next victim. Let's see how we get on. We're going to start where we always start, which is how you came to be in the insurance industry. So tell us your story. I think like everybody, nobody dreams to be in insurance. So my first job in insurance was as a temp. We started with a company specialising only in travel insurance. And my first job there was to fill in what we used to call computer forms, data forms. And I used to fill in thousands of those every day. Fantastic. Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> and then bizarrely, they said, do you want a job in our claims department? I didn't. But it paid more than I was going as a temp. And so there you go. I started with a the commercial union, actually, in the travel claims department and, and then took off from there. Oh, wow. And with all the traveling you do today, <laughs> you know, it probably brings back those memories Indeed. from time to time. So you've been a loss adjuster now for many, I nearly said many, many, many years, but for many years. Tell me, what do you enjoy most about being one? Well, I've been adjusting just since uh, 82, so this is my 40th year as an adjuster. So you're absolutely right, Barry. It has been a very long time. What do I enjoy most? I think when I first started adjusting, I was given a little Ford Fiesta, um, and I would take my claims, and I would go out on my own, and I would spend all day, every day, just rattling around people's houses doing insurance claims. And I think not much has actually changed now, except the Fiesta is, is now generally a jet flying off somewhere, <laughs> somewhere around the world. And I think I, I absolutely love the job I do. It's, it's a brilliant job. You're out on your own. You're pretty much your own boss. These days on the big claims, we, we always work in teams. I do enjoy the camaraderie of a team. And as you know, we'll, we'll work with accountants, all sorts of engineers, cost consultants, etc. So when you're out on a big job, it's fun. We work hard, but it's fun and I enjoy the camaraderie. I, I actually think it's one of the toughest jobs in the marketplace because... It is 24-7. Things can change very, very quickly and you just have to be available. And that's quite tough. You know, it, it must be tough in your personal life to have the sort of pressure of not necessarily knowing from week to week where you might need to be. So I'm in ad admiration for anyone who's a loss adjuster, for sure. You're absolutely right, Barry. Absolutely right. But that's, that's also the attraction. Every job, every day is never quite the same. I think the challenge is doing exactly that. That's responding whenever you're asked to a broker, an insured, a captive manager, a reinsurer, whatever it is. It's exciting. It's full of adrenaline. Uh, and you respond, yeah, pretty much 24 hours a day. Well, you've got a great reputation, so you must be doing something right. Yeah. And it's great to hear you really enjoy what you do. You are an energy specialist. So tell us, what is it about these types of losses that cause the greatest challenges? Yeah, I think the energy claims, and, and I guess by that we all mean, um, well, for me, it's onshore hydrocarbons, power, principally, and they tend to be, I believe, the most complex, the most challenging. They require a team approach. It's, it's a multidisciplinary approach that we always have. Yeah, and the complexity, they are difficult, difficult claims. You have to manage the insured, you have to work with the brokers, and you have to manage your principles. Typically, we work on a panel of maybe 10, 15, 20 reinsurers, and they may not all agree. They may have slightly differing interests. 
And I think the biggest challenge for any adjuster is pulling that all together, is making sure that insofar as you are able is to keep everyone happy, look after their interests, which are sometimes diverse. But it's, it's a challenge and it's fun. Cool. So you're in a leadership role as well. Tell us what you enjoy most about being a leader. Well, oh, I'm not, is I'm it not, the power? <laughs> I'm not sure that I do, and I'm not sure I'm, I'm I'm that good at it. I think to be a leader, what I like to see in a leader is is somebody who's clear, concise, unambiguous, leads from the front, full of energy, and knows exactly what they want, and they impart to you exactly what's required of you. I do enjoy working with people who are punchy to the point and are consistent. And I think any leader should adopt those virtues. Great words and impressive. Just talking about Charles Taylor mm. for a moment, you'd have to be pretty deaf and dumb not to have heard the noise around Charles Taylor over the last few years as they've made real progression forward in the marketplace, grown their offering. So what do you put this all down to? Yeah, Charles Taylor has changed dramatically in the last two or three years. The ownership has changed, the management has changed, and I think... These days, there's a great deal more energy. There's a great buzz around Charles Taylor. We have lots of applications. People want to work with us. And I think that is down to our brand image, our profile. The leadership is strong. It's direct. And we have proper focus now. And I think it, it bodes well for the future. It's a great place to work. I enjoy it. I really do. Yeah. And I've seen personally, because I work globally, the progress that you've made in a number of the territories. And it is impressive. Yeah. I, I think you're really building a good offering. So, you know, great, great for Charles Taylor. No, the business is growing. It's great. There are many product lines, as you say, globally. We're expanding organically and by acquisition. It's a good place to be. Cool. So just from a pure adjusting standpoint, you know, what, what do you see as the big challenges in the adjusting industry these days? Is it around training, about retention? Where are the big challenges? Oh, I think, well, the world has changed dramatically. The pandemic has changed the way we all work, the way we think. The recent events in Ukraine have made us all think differently. So I think being agile, I think all adjusting firms need to change quickly. They need to adapt. They need to adopt new practices. Training is absolutely critical. What we all aim for is top quality. Mm. So quality for us is quality reporting, fast reporting, finding solutions and keeping all of our customers as happy as they can be. But I think, yeah, being agile Keep changing. Don't stop changing. Don't stop looking for new opportunities. Well, my soapbox comment around the challenges in the adjusting industry are very much centre around getting paid for the job that you do. I think, you know, having come from a broker background, worked with insurers for many years, I've seen over the last two decades a move to an environment which is quite dangerous for insurers mm. where if if they if they focus too much on the price that the risk is they're not going to get the quality they want mm. and it is extremely important bearing in mind you are at the coal face talking to the clients that if client service is what this is all about then they need to make sure that the very people who are the conduit for that service to clients are actually getting paid to do the job that they're expected to do. So uh, that's my challenge to insurers, but it is something that is a risk to this industry because if you don't pay the fair price mm. for the job, ultimately 
the loss adjusting fraternity ends up with less money to invest in the future, the talent that needs to come through and simply just doing a good job, you know. Mm. And so the things around the edges, which might be simple communication with clients, tends to go by the wayside if the adjuster is constantly looking at how do I justify the spend on this Mm. back to the insurer? So how do I keep it within a very, very tight budget? So anyway, I don't want to say too much more about that, but to me, that is a really big issue. So any insurers out there listening to this today, make sure you're thinking about the value that you want to come out of the process and the real cost that that value actually takes to deliver. Mm, Absolutely agree, 100%. So back to Charles Taylor. Tell us, are there any plans that excite you for the future? Yes, very much. In fact, we've just started in January of this year, and I'm only talking about a natural resources group, which is the space that I work in. We've just divided ourselves into three service lines, and that's upstream energy, which is the offshore work. We have green energy, which is, of course, very topical now and growing fast. And then the bit that I work in, uh, which is onshore energy and mining. So we've split the natural resources offering into those three service lines as to become more focused. And and this new structure does excite me. I think the future for us will be very strong. Now that the pandemic appears to be coming to an end, I can see that we are now really going to kick on. Well, I think the building blocks are there. You're in a very good position and focusing on making these changes and focusing on the real needs of your clients, which is clearly the way to go. So, you know, good for Charles Taylor, for sure. In terms of what it takes to be a great loss adjuster. Tell me, what does it take to be a great loss adjuster? (laughs) Well, that's an interesting one, Barry. Well, I'm certainly not one of them, but if I look at the people I've worked with in the past, there is a lot of technical skill required in the job. And that means having done all of your CII and your SILA exams, etc. That's a fundamental requirement of being a good adjuster. But beyond that, I think you've got to be a good, clear communicator. You've got to be able to impart what you know, what you you've seen and what you've learned to a wide audience. So we work with brokers very closely. We work with our insurer and reassurer clients. And of course, the insured, who is everyone's ultimate client. The complexity of some of these claims is such that every good adjuster needs to be able to distill the detail down into something which is clearly understandable and goes directly to the pertinent issues and leaves out the background noise. Insurers and reinsurers want to know about the critical issues quickly and unambiguously. They need to be able to make fast decisions and therefore they rely on their adjusting team to be able to do that. You touched earlier on about being available. Um, You've got to be agile. You've got to be available. You've just got to go when you're required to go. It's a tough world, but the best adjusters are the ones that focus on their technical ability and their ability to communicate well. That means in-person market meetings, but particularly what we call our shop window is reporting. Clear, concise reporting, fast reporting, I think is what sets the very best adjusters aside. Yeah, I've worked with some great loss adjusters over time. And those adjusters who are very good at managing the expectations, not only the insurers, but the brokers and even the insured to help find the best solution. Because I don't think Anything is ever finite in the world of loss adjusting, Mm -hmm. certainly not if there's a business interruption loss incurred. You know, there has to be some sense brought to the process. And those loss adjusters who work really hard at communicating effectively the issues and where the sensible solution sits, 
they're definitely in my book the very best and and then you avoid major disputes Mm -hmm. you avoid all the aggravation that goes with this absolutely the solution is a claim that gets settled and they all get settled Mm. it's just how quickly and painlessly you can do it and as you say, the very best adjusters can see a job from A to Z as opposed to A to B from B to C. Yeah. It's very, very, very important. So let's just talk a bit about your career and maybe you can tell us who the big influencers have been on your career and responsible for, for Hughes Farms <laughs> being what he is today. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, you've had this guy on as one of your previous guests. I think one of many influences on me in this adjusting world has been Ewan Cresswell. Yeah. Uh, I started with him and the late, great David Heath at Integra about 18 years ago. Uh, and I think that was the first foray for me into the world of consultancy, where there is no salary and you have to you have to live on your wits. And Ewan taught me an awful lot about how you make that happen, how you work in the cold, hard, fact world. Mm. Uh, so he was a great influence. The very best adjuster I've ever worked with was David Heath, mm. who you all know. Yeah. Um, just an awesome adjuster, technically amazing. And, uh, and what I loved about him was he was a great footballer as well. We played a lot of football together in the past. Fantastic. So I miss him. But yeah, yeah those yeah. two guys, yeah, big influence on me. Yeah. Did you ever come across Terry Ward? Or... Yes, I, yeah. I met him lastly, I think, down in um, South Africa. Yeah where we did some mining claims down together. He was a very, very nice guy. He was the most outstanding loss adjuster that I've ever come across, with all due respect to everybody else. You and you and he epitomised that ability of bringing the parties together, bringing sense to it and getting the right results, whatever it took. He, he was very much capable of always finding a way to help everybody see what the right result was. But as a person, just an outstanding yeah. person and, and a, a massive loss to the industry. Yeah, um, true gentleman. You'll get me emotional in a second. Ooh. Right, let's move on. Any particular high points or low points that you want to mention? Well, I think I've been very lucky. It's all been high points, I oh, think. Good. It's good. Uh, Doing a job that you love and doing it for 40 years has been great, I think. Um, not too many low points, difficult claims, claims that don't go well, but so what? The upside vastly outweighs any downsides. Aspirations for the future? Interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm 62 next week, uh, wow. Barry, so You're I'm so not much sure. older than me. Just carry on as we are. I Lots of justices never retire. They it's just true, go on it? and on and on. And if I get another 10 years in, I think that'll be good. Uh, aspirations, stay fit, stay healthy and keep enjoying what I'm doing. Cool. So let's get away from work now and just talk about what you do outside of work. So what do you enjoy most? I really enjoy sports, any sort of physical activity. I played football for a very long time. I didn't stop till I was about 50. And when that stopped, my wife introduced me to karate. (laughs) So I did that for about seven or eight years. Got to black belt and all that stuff, but it gets a bit samey in the end. And so, lastly, I went and watched my daughter, Olivia. She did rowing on the Thames, so I quite fancied that. So for the last three or four years, I've been doing that. Travel permitting and injuries permitting, I tend to get out on the river four times a week. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, the so, Thames, that is. The Thames, The yes. Thames. Well, I'm on the Thames as well, so maybe, maybe oh, I'll have to look out for you. I'm in, I'm in Oxfordshire. I don't know where you are. What... We row on the Tideway, so oh, okay. I, I row out of Mortlake in Chiswick. <laughs> I live in Chiswick, so it's, um, it's very, uh, it's very um, convenient for me. But we do have something in common, and that is we both have daughters called Olivia, apparently. Oh, well, so there yeah. you go. What a great name. 
and, and football, any particular football team? Uh, because I played probably every Saturday, well, for over 40 years, I'd, I'd never get to games. But there are results that I watch. Chelsea, because that's where I was born. Oh, Chelsea. Um, Man U, Celtic, lived in Portsmouth for a while. So okay. watch those watch those results. Okay. So more than one team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now time for the quick test. This is a fun bit. Let's see how we get on. So rugby or football? Football. Had to be football. <laughs> that was an obvious. TV or radio? Or a bit of both, really. Yeah, but you've got to make a decision. Which one? TV. TV. We all like to watch stuff. BBC or ITV? Or maybe we should say Sky. BBC, ITV or Sky? No, BBC. BBC. In fact... It now has to be Apple. It has to be Amazon. <laughs> you know, the list goes on and on forever. It was actually Rob Galley who was quite insightful, I think, talking about this. And and he said, my kids just don't watch TV the way we did. It's not scheduled anymore. They, they just watch a recording when they want to, which just shows you how the world has moved on from when we were kids. There we go. Right. Uh, meat or veg? Only meat. Only meat. That's a really honest answer, I can tell. Work or holidays? Are we going to get the honest answer? Work. work. I can't believe you said work. You're only the second person ever to say that. Really? I mean, you're ridiculous. <laughs> it's got to be holiday, hasn't it? Do you go on holiday? Yeah, under duress. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Right. I'm making a few notes here. <laughs> what a great guy to employ. You're never going to say, do. sorry, I'm on holiday. I'm, I'm always available. Always available. So, perfect, perfect uh, loss adjuster, I guess. Lloyd's or companies? Oh, here we go. Which side of the fence? I have to go companies. Companies. I think that's, well, if, I don't know, actually. You, you, forced, <laughs> you forced me to choose one. That's why. Okay. Well, that's an honest answer. Uh, oh, big question. 1980s or 2020s? Come on. You are definitely not going to say you weren't around in the 1980s. I know that. No, I was definitely around then. I'm going to go for 20s, I think. No! God, that can't be the right answer. <laughs> well, again, why, why the 20s against the 80s? Well, I can't remember the 80s, to be honest with you. <gasps> Memory's gone, Barry. I just remember music in the 80s. Human League. Things oh. like that. I remember decades, and that just seemed to be a great decade for invention, innovation in music, you know, synthesizers and God knows what. Maybe that's why I like it. Maybe. Who knows? And finally, Harley or Porsche? Oh, definitely Porsche. Oh, okay. Cool. I think we're, we've got to that bit where I have to ask you, if you'd not ended up as a loss adjuster, knowing what you know today, what career would you ideally have had? There must be something exciting you would have liked to have done. Well, I mean, any job that involved travel, I think. I remember being at primary school, sitting next to this huge old map of the world, and I would daydream looking at far-flung locations. So I always wanted to do something that involved travel. Much earlier on, I always fancied myself doing some oceanography, only in the sense that I think I could sit about in shorts and flip-flops um, dossing about on a boat in the Caribbean. I think ultimately that's what I would have liked to have done. And maybe when I retire, that's what more, not oceanography, but mm. just, yeah, messing about in a boat in the sunshine somewhere. So I think that answer about holidays, I think now, <laughs> now, now we're seeing it. Was dubious. You're, you're a little bit dubious there. I mean, I think the travel thing is really interesting. I've got a friend who retired in his 50s and he, he literally is off with parties who go, are going to different parts of the world for their own holidays. And he just acts as a guide and he just having the time of his life. I bet. I bet. All great. over the world, having a fantastic time. He goes for, away for a couple of weeks at a time. He no sooner comes back and he's off somewhere else and he's just loving it. The world's a big place. There's lots yeah. to see. Lots to see. So, Hugh, 
It's been fantastic talking to you this morning. I think you're one of the top loss adjusters in the marketplace. So I think you did yourself down a bit earlier. Your reputation, I'm afraid, does go before you. And you're going to have to accept you are one of the better adjusters out there. It's been great to have you with us today. So I wish you the very best for the future and look forward to seeing you soon. Barry, you're very kind. Great to see you again. And thank you very much. 